All right, three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? It's Akeem Gordon with Take Two, and I have a special guest on the show again by the name of Jordan Gush. How are you? Good, man. How we doing? Not man, too I'm bad. Not look, too I'm, bad. Look, I'm good, man. You know, before I always start these shows, man, you know, I always, anytime I'm interviewing you, I feel like it's a, I think it's a pleasure, man. You know, I always give you the, the kudos and the, and the, you know, acknowledgement of a, just giving me the, the inspiration and motivation to do these type of things. So I appreciate you, coach. Absolutely. I mean, it's mutual too now. I mean, because that's what it's all about. You know, we bounce ideas off of each other a lot. Like you can learn from, you know, you're a mentor. I'm a mentor to you, but also like you can learn a lot from you. You know, you have a lot of good information. I like how you're always curious and you're always asking questions and then you, you know, make me be creative. So I appreciate what you do too, big dog. I know, man, that, you know, it's, it's hard to look like me too. So I can't give you that, but, uh, you know, how, how are things going with you at these, you know, these, these days, man? Yeah. Let's just fast forward through that, but it's been good. You know, uh, we, uh, I'm down here in Florida, you know, I'm in a, it's a great area, you know, I'm in Bradenton. So it's, I'm right next to IMG Academy. Uh, a lot of really good talent. It's probably like the Mecca of, you know, sports training really. Cause you have IMG and then you have all these sports performance places around here. And then you have some of the best tennis, you have spring league baseball, you have really good football out here, really good golf courses everywhere. Um, so, I mean, all the sports are, you know, popping out here. So it's a really good place to be. You know, my first job was at IMG Academy, so I kind of knew this area. And so I've been down here for almost a little bit over a year now. Look, um, getting it rolling. Look, so when you were at, at IMG Academy, were you all using the um, the trackers on the chest, like as far as like McLeod and Catapult? No, nah, we weren't at that time. I mean, that was just, I, this was like 2012 and 13. Um, I, I'm sure they do, you know, a lot of that stuff now, but uh, not back in that day. We weren't that advanced using the catapult and all that type of deal but that's all good information it's all good stuff but no not at my time at img so look i know we haven't we haven't talked that much uh after the super bowl so i want to get your thoughts on it uh because we are going to touch on this LaShawn mccoy situation were you expecting the chiefs to win or even come back like that i was expecting i, I mean I, I thought the chiefs were gonna win but i knew it was a probability thing i thought the experience and the uh you know mahomes and andy reed Kelsey, I mean, I thought that gives a team an advantage, you know, but knowing that defensive line and um, some of the, you know, playmakers, I think that the Eagles had a better overall team, you know, but <laughs> I really think the field was a huge advantage for the Chiefs. I mean, if you watch the film, I mean, the D-line for the Eagles were just murdered by the field, but both teams were using the field. Um, but I think that was the biggest thing I saw was glaring in the Super Bowl was how horrible the field was. That was just unacceptable. Uh, but it was a good game. I was excited for it, I and mean, it was fun. Um, Mahomes a legend, so it's a good game. Yeah. So what do you, what, man? Look, what kind of drugs do you think they put in his ankle, man? Because ain't no way, unless he either was doing that to show you know what I can actually come back and play for this and show that I'm really, a, I'm really a dog. Or what do you think they put in there and put in his ankle? Uh, they definitely put something now. Uh, you know the thing is, is unfortunately. And fortunately, there's just a lot of advancements in that type of field, you know, as far as recovery, short-term recovery, long-term recovery. I mean, there's peptides, all these things that run the cutting edge. So that's the thing that's huge in the industry right now. I mean, there's a lot of people that are looking for edges, a lot of, especially in recovery. Now, a lot of people think of, you know, PED use as, you know, Mark McGuire in that era, but there's so much recovery type stuff that goes on that helps these players, you know, it doesn't necessarily build muscles, but it helps them be able to come back quicker. Um, and, you know, for Mahomes, I mean, there's a lot of legal stuff. So, you know, I don't think he did anything illegal. He might have been ahead of the test, though. That's what happens when these athletes are ahead of the test. They have some of the highest science, some of the best scientists. 
the best people that are you know great in that field that really help them out and they spend millions of dollars and you know they're not necessarily cheating but they are doing you know bending the rules a little bit and i think that's you know i won't get into too much details on that because i mean i i don't like to you know talk to down on athletes but i think that's a huge problem in the sports i think that I think the NBA has rampant issues with uh, performance enhancing. I think the NFL, I think you could name any sport. Um, I think they're getting worse and worse with that. I think I didn't stop in 2000 with the baseball. You know, it's just moving forward and there's next frontier. And the issue that we're running into now is I work at a, you know, obviously I work at a dream. So I have some, you know, just kind of older gentlemen and women that come through there. And these, there's a lot of stuff that's just, it's these, some of these things are just healthy for you. I mean, they help your life, you know? So I think as we keep advancing this next 10, 15 years, you're going to have guys in the gym that don't even play sports, but they're going to be on some performance enhancers that are you know making their athleticism better. And it's going to be like, okay, there's not much downside to it. How do we like manage this with, when it comes to sports? You know, because a lot of times in the past, it was like, okay, steroids are bad for your heart, all these different things. Now we're going to be on a new frontier where it's going to be interesting how we can handle it. And I think that it's something that you're definitely going to have to, especially if you're in this industry, you have to understand and you have to, at least, you don't have to be an expert in it, but you have to see what's going on in that field because it is going to be a massive, massive part of the industry in the next 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. So... So look, with this LaShawn McCoy situation, like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna continue to stay on it for a little bit. We talked this week about the comments that he made in the press. His quote unquote, he said, I wish Eric the enemy well, but Washington don't let the Chiefs' success or coaching titles fool you. The traits or skills you, you need to be a good coordinator, I haven't seen or witnessed it. And you said you feel like he's being a hater. Why? Okay. Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, it's a, I mean, I, I hate to say it's a code, but. I mean, I would never, ever talk like that about one of my, co even, you know, to say I don't like a coach and I didn't, I, maybe I don't think that they're, uh, you know, qualified for a certain, I wouldn't get on a big time show, you know, obviously I'm not on many big time shows, but I wouldn't get on a big time show and talk down and say, hey, you know, what he was talking about was kind of obvious. I mean, everybody knows Andy Reid runs that offense. Right. I mean, unless you're an idiot, right? I mean, is there, was that kind of like, what Shady was saying, oh, he doesn't say much. Of course, Andy Reid's the one architecting and dialing it up. But to be a good head coach in the NFL really does not have much to do with being a good offense coordinator. It's can you manage humans and can you, you know, run an organization, be a CEO? And the biggest thing that I had an issue with that was, is like, unless he has hate for the enemy, why on earth would he get on there and try to ruin this guy's job? Especially, and then you can get into like, I mean, he's everybody's out here saying it's because of racism and all these different things. And he's going to come out and like, you know, as you know, say stuff like that to millions and millions and millions of people, which it just I just didn't agree with it. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying what he said was necessarily even wrong. That may, that could be his perspective. He could be totally right. But for me personally, as a code, like you won't find me on this podcast. Like you could ask me, quite, I'm not going to shit on my old coach, you know, even if I have a less, I literally, literally like hate that guy. Right. And I mean, I have a bunch of coaches that I didn't agree with, and I don't think they were shit necessarily. But I'm definitely not that big of a hater that I'm going to get on and like try to basically, you know, he was everybody's trying to wonder why he's not getting that job. Right. And his, you know, this one of his former players wants to get a, who had issues with the Chiefs and didn't get to play as much as he'd like. Right. So there's some debatable that he's being a, a hater. Right. So to do that, it's just I mean, I just don't agree with it. It totally doesn't sit well with me as far as um how you should act with your former coaches former teams and i get it he's he it's his work now maybe he should be transparent but I, i'll never agree with the um 
an, a former athlete getting on there and acting like a media person and feeling like he's obligated to like give all the information. You don't have to. You could you could go up there and give good information and do your job without like saying, oh, he's not fit for the job. I mean, and that's, you know, unless like the, for me, I just completely took it like, okay, hey, he must have been getting, you know, uh, some issues with the enemy when they were there. You know, that's the only reason that he would do that. You know, because every single one, every look at what did Mahomes just post on Twitter and say something positive about him? Yes. Yeah, he did. Kelsey, you think he did that to protect his image? See, here's the thing: when we were in college, right? What were your words to me when I said when you at you brought us in the office that day and you you had individual meetings with us, and you said, "What are your goals?" He said, "Because we don't have you." You said, "Because we don't have a lot of D1 guys, but we got we have a lot of guys that want to go D1." And I'm gonna be straight with you. You said your words, quote unquote. You're not going to the NFL. You get you. There's that one percent that don't even go simply because they're overlooked or they played at a certain school or politics or whatnot. That's called being honest and transparent. You don't think he's being honest to an organization that needs to win immediately? That was the strongest division in football this year. So, okay. so we talking about the Cowboys. I know you're gonna touch on that too because you think I'm a Cowboys hater. But we talking about one of the strongest, the strongest division in football this year. I think he's being honest to that organization, knowing that Ron Rivera needs help and he needs somebody that's going to come in there and control uh, a group of uh, grown men and, and have them guys to take over as well. I don't think he's necessarily being a hater. Now, to a certain extent, I do. But at the same time, I'm like, mm, he wasn't expecting the Chiefs to bring him in and be a number one, was he? Okay. No? Yeah. So what you're saying, I'm not saying that he doesn't, he, he can have those conversations. It's about his platform, where he was doing it. Like, was it necessary to get onto a, a viral show like that and to hate, basically, and to say that? I mean, now you can have that opinion. Like I said, I have that opinion on some coaches and maybe one of a former player I'll talk to, we'll have a conversation, be like, man, he wasn't worth shit or whatever. But I'm not gonna go on Twitter and tweet out like, man, he ain't, well, he's trying to get a job. And then I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna like quote tweet, be like, man, he ain't shit in my experience. Like that just makes no sense to me as far as, unless you really didn't like the guy. Like, you know, that's just, I, I mean, I can, I, I understand where Shady's coming from. He just wants to be transparent. He don't give a shit. That's his perspective. He's going to speak his mind. Da, da, da. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying like it's necessary. I can see people having the mindset where it's not an issue, but from my opinion and from how I was raised and like in sports and how I, you know, always have handled things, I wouldn't get on a social media or a platform and do that. And like with you, and I was talking about, uh, you not being able to go, it was not necessarily about that. It was about your size and where you are. And you've been to multiple junior colleges. The uh, the the probability that you're going to get a big time D1 offer. I don't think I really specifically said NFL, by the way. I think I was talking about more D1 at your age with not much film. You were already like, what, 22? I mean, you're pretty old for, for, uh, for junior college. Man, hold on. First of all, I was 21. Okay, 21's old, bud. I mean, that, okay. Regardless, you had been to multiple JUCOs. You didn't have very much film. The reality is, is they, when I was coaching the JUCO, you know who they wanted to come and get out of JUCO? Bigger guys. No, Big D. Well, yeah. well, they wanted D linemen, really. They wanted O line. They wanted cornerbacks. You know, I mean, to be a receiver, get out of JUCO, and to really kill it, you better be. You know, I mean, just fly out on film because guess what? And I posted about this on Twitter the other day. Receivers are what? They're coming up. They're just. It's the most saturated position because the body size. I mean, there's so many guys that are five nine to six three that can run super fast and then like so you turn on the film it's hard to navigate through that and so you can find them really quickly so why would they find you in juco it's just going to be it wasn't about your ability or anything it was about i know how this recruiting thing works so it's just like let's not like be unrealistic about it right, right? 
So, uh, but with the enemy deal, I mean, I just, for me, I, I see no evidence to believe that that's not like a, wasn't a hater move by him. I just don't love it. I mean, and I, he's entitled to whatever the hell he wants. He's a grown ass man, McCoy, but he got on a show uh, and talks really down on somebody that coached him, which if that's what you feel is comfortable and you really like, there must be some animosity. So, uh, but that's really all I have to say on that subject, really. So would it would you look at it the same as if Tom would have did it? What if it was a Tom versus Belichick situation or Breeze versus Peyton situation? A Tom versus Belichick? Absolutely. I mean, he would never do that though. So what it's if that's just against the you know, huh? What if what if Tom was to come out and, and quote say say if someone was to come out and say Belichick he decides to go to Indianapolis okay. and then Tom comes out and say mm, I don't think he'll have much success in Indianapolis due to the weapons that they don't have. I was more, uh, and he say, you know what? Uh, I say that it was a 60-40 deal when I was in New England because I managed to navigate the office uh, plays and the players. Do you think he'd be wrong for that? Yeah, I do. I don't think he that needs to be in the public necessarily as far as being on a sh talk show and doing I, it. I, I mean, that's know. just, and I, I mean, that's why it's just for me, these talk shows, uh, you know, and obviously we're doing a podcast, so, but it, I, these athletes quickly at first they do a really good job and they try to be different than some of these skip baylesses and all that type of deal mm -hmm. and then eventually they do it for a couple of weeks a couple of months and it's slow you'll see them slowly like okay now i'm just going to try to like get clicks basically and they just do you know they just want to bring drama to the forefront i want it when i'm on those i want to talk about uh you know what's happening in the game let's break down some scheme let's talk about like the good players coming up da, da, da. like i don't need to have this drama and that you know and he was i mean that was a a topical thing obviously because of the enemy everybody's wondering why is it racism why is it doing it and then he comes out and says it's because he ain't worth shit. that's just you know i mean and i'm not he, black he, either he i mean it could be that, that's just wild huh he didn't say he wasn't worth shit. he just said that's real that's literally what i got from that if you didn't get that from that like the guy's been there for multiple years and he said basically he don't do shit there it's all andy reed uh that's what i got from that that comment that he was saying. I mean, did I don't know how you didn't. I don't. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't get that necessarily. He ain't shit. Meaning he just he just trying to. I don't think he went on the shoulder to demoralize his character. But you see, the enemy didn't even get. I mean, you could tell he was offended by it. But at the same time, he said, "quote unquote, you entitled to your own opinion." He took the high road. He was very offended by that. If you don't think so, then you don't know any competitor ever. He's just very. There's zero benefit for him to to say anything about that. What would that? give him and you think he didn't say it behind the scenes you know you think people didn't text him and be like hey he's full of shit you know we know what you did eb da, da, da. you don't think he got like thousands of text messages from all his players and support i mean like, but you Pat Mahomes felt like he needed to get on the on twitter to defend him but you're, you're as a as a as an athlete as a high top tier athlete top tier coach you gonna receive that type of scrutiny and and back yeah from the skip bayless and shit you wouldn't think from your one of your former players that you wanted that they won together yeah, I mean that's true. I mean, I mean, but uh, you, of but, course you but, expect the backlash. It's for me, it's it, it was totally about where you're getting the message from. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't right. care if if I'm an athlete. I never think in the moment too. I think I, as a player, you're thinking you don't really care about what people are saying in the moment and all that type of thing. You're gonna because you just finish your career and then it is what it is. So you don't even really pay attention to any of it. But if I have like, if say I was doing something and then one of my former coaching buddies came and said something like, "Oh, Gush ain't shit." That means a lot worse. That's a lot more impactful on me than uh, some random human on Twitter right. or some random talk show host. That's, that's a big, total different planet. 
I didn't look at it from that way. I didn't look at it from that way. All right, let's move on. I want to build the perfect receiver, but before we build a receiver, I want to ask who do you think is a uh, who do you top? Do you have a top five for this upcoming draft receivers uh, out of college? Uh, you know, I really don't have a top five, but I mean, off the top of my head, I really like Jackson Smith and Jib and Jibba, however the hell you say his last name. I followed him since he was a young kid, and he's from Dallas. Is he from um, Rockwall? Or? Yeah, he went to Rockwall. Him and then Mims from Oklahoma, who I think is really, 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 really underrated. I think he got screwed. If he would have had a consistent like Lincoln Riley or um, Oklahoma past, instead of going through that transition phase, he would have been uh, in the Blitnikoff uh, talk. And those two, when they were young, they played in the same like uh, area, right, in Dallas, and they both broke all the records of, of receiving. They were like ungodly, like 2,000 yards receiving, both of them. I mean, they were uh, both monsters in, in high school. So I followed them for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? You know, I really like the kid from Boston College. He's fluid. Um, what's the name? Flowers. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a stud. Um, you know, the, the TCU receiver, that'll be interesting. He, he has high Great. bust potential, but he is smooth. I mean, he does some different things. It's just a matter of how I'd have to meet him in person and really get to talk to him and see what his mindset's like. Because I, yeah, I look at his film and, you know, uh, it could be a bus scenario but it also could i mean I, he's super talented i mean I, i've seen a couple games where he's smooth he looks good addison's nice uh addison's smooth i you know and him going to different schools and all that type of deal that's you know he's obviously been thinking about the nfl for a while and he's been getting money so it's just a matter of i'd have to the thing with them these these top receivers for me i watch the film they're all they all can do it now what's going to separate them is mindset where their mind is like i'd have to watch film with them do all these different things so what i need to do these breakdowns i mean uh, like I said, I haven't done much of I, I do it every year. I like watch a ton of film on every receiver, but um, the top 10 receivers is just really what's going to separate them is going to be mindset and really knowing them in person, in my opinion. I also really like the Jalen Hyatt kid, but he's similar yeah. to like maybe like a Corey Coleman a couple years ago where he could be a bust because he's been what, you know, he's a vertical threat. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had, you know, and I hate people saying that in some of these plays, they don't run the full system, but it is kind of true as far as with him watching his film, he's, you know, it's vertical slants, but he showed me a bunch of different good things. Um, I'm trying to think who else, the the you Rice kid at SMU's guy. tough, huh? You forget about my guy, man, Nathaniel uh, Dale, man. What's going on? I think Dell's going to be, you know, he's also five, you know, seven, five, eight, you know, he's a, that people blazing. get blazing fast, you know, um, but those type of receivers, it's tough for him in the league, you know, and they, they have some success. He's people. It's just interesting how people always watch those type of receivers and, you know, they get it, only somebody his size can do something like that. that he's, he's, a, he's an elite athlete. Huh? He, he reminds me of Tavon Austin when he, when he played at West V. But I just don't see, like, even with Tavon, Tavon never went to a system that actually fit him. You know what I'm saying? Even with Stedman Bailey, when Stedman Bailey got to the league, Stedman didn't really rise to the occasion as well. I feel like you have to actually go to a system where, like, what's the guy from UNT that was there a couple years ago who dominated? And then, Garden? Yeah. yeah he got picked stuck. up. He got picked up, and then, you know, he stayed with the Buccaneers for a bit, and then he ended up getting traded to the Browns. Mm-hmm. I, I see Nathaniel Dale being in that same situation because it's harder to use those type of I mean obviously they are quick twitchy you know talented can get out the brakes but then again it's like mm-hmm. are you gonna have all that time to do that at that next level yeah yeah but I mean I think I'd say my number one though I really like 
Jackson Smith and Njimba. I mean, oh, that's yeah. my guy. That, that's who I really like. You know who I like is the LSU receiver. I think he'll be a big-time player, Boutte. Boutte? I think he's underrated. He just had a little bit of issues with his kind of like little deal with the uh, receiver coach, which is wild. Man, um, <laughs> but uh, I like the kid from Iowa State too, Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah, he's kid okay. can go. He's, he's you know he, he's a solid. He'll he'll be a good two to three receiver. At Perry from Wake Forest is a good. Player. I was just about to say that. I, I really like him. I watched his film. He's very nice. You know who wow. also I like that little Princeton receiver too, Andre Lozavas or whatever. He's a good little player. Um, a lot of guys that's, that are but, under the radar. You know, yeah, and it's just so hard for me because I'm not getting it. You know, you have to get wide and tight angles. I have to see his bad plays. I'm only seeing good plays where he's doing, you know, positive stuff on these YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to get on all these players. I'd have to really meet them in person. I'd have to see wide and tight angles. I'd have to see how they block. I have to see what they do when they're not getting the ball. Um, talk to their coaches, all that type of deal to really get a, a true uh, thought process on it. So, I mean, you know, I wish I had time in the day to really dig, dig, dig into that. But off the top of my head, like I said, I, I'm going with the. I like, I love the Iowa, uh, Ohio State kid. I mean, I think he's the, yeah, the guy I like because I've been watching too. I don't think he's super fast. I mean, I think he's super free. I, look, go listen to like Olave and the other receivers that played with him. Um, they say he's the best athlete of those of that bunch. You know, so, they'll all say it. I mean, the kid's a freak. So let's uh, before we move on to something different, let's build the perfect receiver real quick. Let's go with you know mindset, hands, uh, size, quick twitch. Let's let's build the perfect receiver. So who would you have first with hands? So you're saying off of a perfect receiver? Yeah, just like just using somebody's attributes. Yeah, Chris Carter. Chris Carter for the hands. Yep. Ooh. Quick, easy. No, I don't think anybody's had hands like that. I mean Larry Fitzgerald, but uh, I would say Chad Johnson. Definitely. That's easy. Those are two easy ones off the bat. What about mental? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald or Jerry Rice. Over, um, over, uh, let let me see. Hold on before I even write this down. Over Randy Moss? Absolutely. You said mindset? Yeah. Yes. That that dog, that grit, that I don't care who in front of me, you going to get it? Uh, I, I'm thinking more mindset totality. Obviously, that you're thinking of maybe competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thinking mindset as far as like just focus, dialed in. You know, comes to work every day exactly the same. Just trying off season, going hard as hell, watching film, like everything entitled to or everything that's dials into being a great receiver. They maxed out their talent. Mm-hmm. It's either Jerry Rice or Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. easily. And then if I if you if you're talking competitiveness and dog in them, Steve Smith, easy. Okay, okay. So you think Odell's career is over? <laughs> you just jumped to that now. Yeah, uh, I had to think of it, man. I had to jump to it because I've been that's been no. been making me itch a couple days, man. I, I don't see why it's over. He's still young. I mean, he, he modern medicine and you know he he's just you know all over the place. He has such a good big name that it's easy for him to want to do a bunch of different things, you know. So it's just a matter. I'd have to be with him every day. He's one of the most talented receivers to ever touch the field, though. So um, do I think that he could come back and make a name for himself and have another two to three, four years? I see zero reason why not. Mm. That is crazy, man. This sports world crazy. Like, I was in Kroger a couple days ago, and I was walking past some kids, and they said, oh, my gosh, it's Jalen Hurts. So ever since then, I've been just taking pictures with people. Nobody said that about you, bud. I I mean, I hate to tell you. (laughs) I hate to tell you. You're, you're, You're a good kid. You're a good guy. 
but there ain't nobody that told you said you look like Jalen Hurts. Look, I'm t- man. Look, I get it all the time. Every time I go somewhere, he look like Jalen Hurts, and you know, I squat down, take a picture with him, like I'm actually him. Until I yeah, walk away, yeah. like, no, nah, he's only five seven. We'll let that slide since your podcast. So, man, look, I'm trying. Look, I'm trying to tell you. I'm gonna show you a picture right after this. I'm like, uh, I see the similarities. I, I know how you look. Hey. <laughs> hey man, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to put it out there. You know? Okay. So look, I, I know. Have you been following up with this Young Thug situation? Yeah, I'm man, not. I mean, not like. I mean, he's one of my favorite rappers of all time. I mean, he's. I love Young Thug. So, but of all time, I, I have you love that Houston rap. No, he is up there for me, honestly. So top just, five. As far as most listened to, he really is. He's top eight for sure. What? As far so as who I listen one? to, I'm not thinking he's some the most. I think he's creative. I think he's interesting. I think he's different. Mm-hmm. I think he's done a you know he's told he's done stuff that nobody's done as far as his creativity. Um, I don't think he's like lyrically the best or some shit like that, but he's one of my favorite to listen to. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Man. They said they said he said he sit down to pee now, man. Anytime he got to use the bathroom, he just sit down to pee. You know, and I think people get on him because he does, he pushes the envelope with all kinds of weird shit. You know, one day he's wearing a dress or whatever, but he's just, he's one of those creative minds. He's a Kanye West. He's a, you know, these people do wild shit that we don't understand what the hell they're doing, but you know, they're making money. I mean, obviously I don't know what he was doing off the, off the scene. Clearly he was doing some shit. So, uh, man, whatever float, whatever float they vote, man, because you see it, it came back to haunt him though, but yeah, it's sad. Sad deal. This is crazy, but you, I, I did see it. I seen a tweet on um, on Twitter, and they was like, "Man, my my dog got to sit down to pee now." Man, I don't know. I ain't gonna lie to you. I sit down to pee sometime when I don't feel like standing up. Yeah, you can, you can get it done that way. <laughs> I don't have much comments on that though. <laughs> hey, man, look, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. So you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. Sometimes when I I stay on the toilet for too long, my foot falls asleep. I play a little spades while I'm on the phone, and I go from there. Cause I'm the go that spades now. There you go. Work taught me how to play. And talking about, I don't really have much to say on that. <laughs> For real, but. Hey, hey man. So look, I want to. I know I'm, I'm talking about a lot of football today, but with these Cowboys, man. What could? What do you think? What do you think that they could acquire in this offseason to get them a little bit further than what they did this year? Uh, they. I mean, they just they just need. It's tough. I mean, you know, you're going against the NFL is not easy. Everybody has great players. I mean, we have to you have to get lucky in the postseason. You got to stay healthy. I mean, I think, you know, Pollard doesn't get hurt in that game. I think it's a different story. Um, I think that was huge. But we're going to have to get Dak more weapons. We're going to have to get, you know, a little bit more secondary help. We got to keep the players that we have. but you know it's a business too. Cowboys are the number one franchise in the, on the planet. You know, so he's running a business. He's making it profitable. I mean, that's sadly that's that's the name of the game. So everybody gets so caught up in winning and stuff. But right. Cowboys are the mat- biggest sports franchise on earth. Now, as a fan, I want them to win. I want them to find a way. I think we're not as far away as you know as you'd think. But it's when you get to that top one or two teams, it's just. I mean, holy shit! You just have to have so much, so many things go your way. Um, so I, I mean, just more weapons, you know, a couple more weapons. They gotta, uh, you know, I have to look in like that. Like I said, I mean, I'm a fan. I love the Cowboys, but I know it's like fine wine. It's a matter. I just hope I live when they win, so I can talk shit to everybody that's, you know, that sends me text messages, and I'll, it'll be glorious. So I think it will happen. I just hope I don't die first, including me, right? 
Oh, I man, I, I, I didn't say nothing bad about the Cowboys this year, did I? Well, you were talking shit about CD for a while. Uh, See, here's the thing: because you're you're I, a Jerry Judy guy. Uh, now watch Which, Jerry Judy go crazy. So you don't think Jerry Judy gonna go crazy this year? Now that they got uh, Peyton as the head coach? No, I never, I never said anything negative about Jerry Judy. I'm just talking. You were, uh, he, you were using him to discredit CD Lamb. I mean, isn't that what a comparison is? Exactly. And I was saying CD's been having a damn good year, right? And you never, you would, all you would do is if you, if you, if he had a drop, I'd get a text message. But if he catches a long touchdown, no text message. I was just Richard, wondering. Richard, I was I'm just wondering why. I was cheering with you. Woohoo! Now my problem isn't with CD. My problem was with Dak. I don't care how much you can lead, how much you can hoorah, rah rah in the in the locker room. I don't care whoever the hell you bring Chick Fil A. That don't win you games. That doesn't win you games. And then you have people saying, "Well, he beat the Eagles. The Eagles beat Dallas without uh, without Dak, and he beat the Eagles without Jalen. Well, let's see if they would have both played. Who would have won?" I don't think he has that clutch factor. He factor. He doesn't have that it factor. If I gotta get somebody my last second shot on the other game, it's not gonna be that. Because here's the thing: he when he on when he's on, he's on. And every year he's good for those first three or four games, or and something he'll probably catch the flu or be on his period for that couple days, and then come back the next week and he throw two picks. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. You can get anybody that can do the same damn thing he does. Obviously, he does have a good ball. He does have good factors, but that's just like with people. Some people have that good factor. Some people have that mm factor. I don't see him right. leading them to a, a, a to a championship. Not even yeah. past the first round. Well, even if you get him more weapons, he he did lead them past the first round already, but. The point is, is he hasn't proved it. So there's no no reason for me to say, you know, he has to show all those things. Now, the issue I have is what you said is there's there's so many that can do what he does. He's the eighth best quarterback. He's in that area. I mean, there's no I don't I don't know. If, I said he's like around eight. You know, he's like probably like the eighth best quarterback, eight to twelve, and we're paying him about eighth, you know, amount of money for a quarterback. It's just the reality, and we just need to build, get better players around him. Is he the reason that we're losing? I don't think so. So I thought in that specific game, he played like shit. So he was a big issue. But is he our biggest problem and the biggest talking point that needs to be said? No. I think that we can win a Super Bowl with a hit. There's been quarterbacks that are less skilled and uh, not as good as Dak that have won a Super Bowl. I think it's a matter of getting better players around him for a while. You know, now the money, like all these other, there's about eight other quarterbacks that are paid more than him now. So now the contract's going to start looking a little bit better. So thank you, DeAndre Hopkins. That, that, that's that's enough for him, Mark. If they get DeAndre Hopkins, well, I don't, I don't. That's just a random statement. Yeah, because DeAndre uh, Hopkins said I would love. He said he would love to go to Dallas. He said if they was to push for him, that he'd love to go. Just hypothetically speaking, is that the type of weapon that you all would need, or is it something else? No, I think we do need another one other receiver. I like Gallup, but uh, we need a little bit of help. I mean, we just need to get more weapons. I think we need to be dynamic. Uh, but that's his thing. I mean, obviously, a good player is going to help. It's just, is the chemistry going to be there? Is it going to, you know, all pair together properly? You know, there's so much that goes into it, you know, uh, that you have to be in the room. You have to be in the locker room. You have to be in the scouting department. You have to see every little thing, you know, which sometimes we don't have the privilege to see. So uh, would DeAndre Hopkins help? I don't see why not. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame receiver. But can he still go? I haven't seen him really, you know, do much in the last two years. So, 
know, he has to come back and prove himself a little bit. It's tough when you get that much time off where you haven't really, you know, produced at a high level. So, so I, I, I've seen, I've seen you've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, fitness, you know, training or whatever down there in the um, Florida area. And I see that you've been working with a guy who's actually been losing a lot of weight. How, how do you, how do you describe you know what you have going on for him because obviously if everyone wants to look for results as far as losing weight or gaining weight you have to take different uh steps in order to to get to there what are your steps towards what are your do you have a specific diet for him uh do you all do something different every day as far as like you know trying to lose weight could you explain that because i'm getting to the point where i want to start dibbing dabbing into everything as far as speed agility receiver soccer baseball but that category right there i think that's different than you know sports itself that guy specifically i grew up with i don't really train him to be honest with you he lives in dallas so i don't do really anything for him uh he just tags me in his post to be honest with you i do do that a little bit though like for me my circle of competence is sports and then it goes it gets widened and then my other like little bit outside of my circle of competences you know is the weight room and strength and conditioning and I do have a few personal, like normal non-athletes that I do just to kind of really supplement when other my athletes are at school or doing other things. The biggest thing is I have professionals like the person that I work with is the owner of the gym that I train out of that, you know, I'm kind of partnered with. He's mm -hmm. a you know certified nutrition coach. So I get all of my clients that are really trying to lose weight and to do stuff like that. I get them with a professional and uh, I get them on that path. And then I use my expertise to you know help them. Um, and do different workouts, but it's all specialized to that person. And then, you know, there's obvious things that you can do. And then, but to take it to the next level, you're getting your blood work done. You, you're seeing a professional and you're really, you know, figuring out exactly what it's going to take for you individually to get, you know, to get to your goals. So that's the biggest thing is, you know, you know, you can use the internet's good. I mean, there's a lot of good information, but you know, I would trust a educated professional that's, you know, has the certifications, has done this for a long time, has proven results and, they'll help you you know um my circle of competence is i help them with the the training i can make a program for them i can do different things but when it comes to nutrition and all that that's I, you know I, I can give people a baseline i can give them some some resources and to my thoughts on the thing but i I'll, I'll be very transparent like hey this is my you know knowledge on the subject i'm not a professional mm -hmm. you know so so how do you do man you may forget i was gonna say god dang it talking about blood work so hold on so even before i move on blood work what do you mean blood work you can get blood work done and that can you know just uh, decide how you should how you can lose weight or are you just talking about just genetics type deal oh absolutely you do blood work will tell you i mean then you do like allergy tests you do what you're allergic to what foods you need to stay away from your blood work's going to tell you like your sugar levels all these different things like i said i i, I can't get too into detail of it on it because it's just not my big circle of competence but um yeah, I mean, there's a lot of panels and different things that you do to, you know, to have the right, because like losing weight and stuff has a lot to do with your hormones. And I mean, it's it's so scientific. There's so many different theories on it. There's so many different thought processes. I mean, it's a big mess, really. It's an industry that hasn't come to like a conclusion on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, is getting blood work and getting your, seeing what you're allergic to and what foods are affecting you certain ways and then, you know, being able to dial it in, that's key. So who do you got winning this fight between Tank and Garcia? Uh, I have Tank to win that, but I mean, Garcia is nice. I mean, but I think, you know, it's going to be a deal where Garcia will outbox him a little bit for a while and then 
I don't think he'll be able to survive not getting, you know, something major to the face. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just he's for that size, uh, that weight class. I mean, that having that type of power, you know, it's just it's hard to be in a round with him because you're not going to knock him out either. He has a big head. I mean, for that size also. Right. I mean, it's very hard to get him out of there and it's very hard to last that amount of rounds without finding letting Tank find you once. So you think just, I, I don't see I, any. So I don't see very many people lasting with him very long. So look, you think if I stand in, if I step in the ring with him, how long do you think I'm standing in the ring with him? Uh, it depends on it depends on what their thought process is. I mean, if they wanna, if they don't like you, I mean, not more than three minutes. Man, what? in the first round? Uh, oh, with a guy like Tank. You crazy. A professional, bud. There's levels to this. I mean, you're athletic, all that type of deal. It's like, so would Tank Dave? Would he be able to get out there and cover you? Hell no! All right then. I mean, there's your answer. I mean, right, this is skills. This is like everybody thinks they can fight, do all these different things. These are these are skills. These are things that are built, you know, by practicing and repetitions and understanding strategy and understanding what you're doing. But I if you're not if you're not doing that a lot, you and you face somebody that does it a lot, you're in trouble. So Especially if it's just, if everything's even, you're the same weight class and stuff like that. I mean, you're in trouble. But your only advantage against Tank would be if you're way bigger. You know, maybe maybe a 250 pound guy could stand in there for a while with him because the power won't affect him as much. You know, I feel very offended. That's all I want to let you know. I couldn't even. Well, get you shouldn't feel offended, round. but that's just reality. Okay. One full round. That's all I need. So look, do, have you? Do you listen to the uh, the Charleston White guy? Uh, he's a, he's all over the place, but. <laughs> do you agree with a lot of stuff that he says? Uh, you know, he has some good stuff. He has some stuff that's, you know, just like anybody. Like my biggest thing is when I'm on the internet, so many people get triggered by, you know, say it's like the knees over toes guy. Like, oh, like, he's, uh, you know, some of his stuff's bad. Some of his stuff's good. It's like some of the receiver coaches I follow. I like a lot of the stuff. I don't like I take what I like. I don't. Charleston White, he says some wild shit that's just like I don't agree with. <laughs> and then some days he'll have like a little rant that it's like, okay, I see you. You're on something here. So... It's just a matter of you have to survey the scene and see it and have, you know, understand where your uh, thought process is. And then, you know, you, you take what you like and get rid of what you don't. I don't get too uh, worked up, you know. I don't know, man. You know, just for him, I, I like a lot of stuff that he talks about, man. You know, he he touches on and I hate talking about it my damn self. But, um, you know, he, he touched on religion and saying religion was, you know, like a gang. And I kind of agree with that. You know, we're not going to go any further into it, but. Um, you know, he is a, a bit rambunctious, um, a bit wild. I, I don't know, man. A lot of stuff that he says, it is, it would seem common sense, but you know, what's, what's common about sense, you know? Not much, right? No, not Yeah, not but much. I mean, you know, he's, and he's confrontational as far as like he's saying stuff to get clicks and, you know, that's the name of the game. So sometimes he does some wild shit where it's like he's taking it too far. You know, he has, you know, there's no question. He's just like Andrew Tate, you know, these guys that, you know, I mean, 80% of what they say is good stuff. And it's, you know, I agree with, and then 20%, it's like, you're wild. But that's just like every human I meet too. Like, but the difference is, is they're just talking off the cuff for hours or, you know, for long clips. Like even like Joe Rogan, like I like Joe Rogan, 80% of what he says. And then sometimes he says some things I don't agree with. It's, you know, it's just, that's, that is when people talk on the internet for a long time, and they get popular, you're gonna find a lot of shit you don't like. 
Now you have to figure out how to sift through it and take the good messages that they're talking about. I'm sitting here thinking, I don't smoke. I don't smoke at all. I've smoked once. You know, they were saying just a while ago or still now, they were saying that marijuana was, you know, a medicine that could cure a lot of things. And, and you know, people with anxiety or people that suffer depression, uh, it's good for them to use. Do you think that now with all the technology and stuff that's coming out, that it's becoming their dement, that diminishing the way that it's just supposed to be used or the benefits that it can have on the human body? Yeah, because it's, it's just like coffee. I mean, it's just like cheeseburgers. It's just <laughs> like uh, whatever. If you do it too much, you're going to have issues, man. It's it's certainly not nothing to play with. It's it's a serious deal where what happens is, is people get so used to it, they their tolerance goes up and they do way more. And then, you know, to reach their tolerance, they have to do so much. And then it's really all the benefits are not even there. And it's making you, you know, creating these negative issues for you. Um, I'm a big proponent of marijuana. I have my medical card. Um, I think there's a lot of benefits to it. There's been times in my life where it's been negative and it's something that you have to learn. It's like surfing. You have to learn how to control it. I mean, if you do it and you're, you know, and you're not proactive, some people it completely makes them not do anything. Like for me, I can be very active and I can use it for my imagination for, you know, like sometimes when you're completely sober all the time, I mean, you're looking very narrow at things. Sometimes it helps me see things differently. But I don't recommend uh, doing it, like, especially off the streets now. I mean, there's so many different issues. Like, there's people cutting it with different things now. I mean, marijuana is not how it used to be. I mean, it's so in a lab. It's the plant. That's the thing that I have issues with is going forward is, you know, the potency is, is insane now. There's, like, these wax and all these different things that people are doing. It's unnecessary. It's, you know, it's getting to the point where it's just... I don't know it's whatever this is it's like you know if, if you're really health conscious i mean just think about all the pesticides and all that that's that's my issue with marijuana now it's like i go to the dispensary and i'm like i want something that's like more you know not necessarily organic but at least like i don't want these high like these plants aren't supposed to be looking like how they look <laughs> let's just say that you know what i'm saying yeah i mean that was fun when you were young you were like oh shit you know if you, you know you're back in the day yeah like, oh you can see this cool looking you know but like if you really think about it you know there's that, that can't be too great for you you know so i think it's just about you know doing it properly not letting it be a crutch for you because it can vary i see i i mean we all have had friends that you know clearly the plant has taken them over yeah and uh that's where it comes an issue my issue is is it shouldn't be something that ruins your life as far as getting you arrested and all that it's sad that you know some people have went to jail and they've used it really in a lot of these you know underprivileged areas to find a way to put people in jail so that's my biggest thing i don't want to necessarily talk about the negatives of it i just think it should be legal period i think it's 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 disgusting that we're talking about a plant that is uh um, just like coffee just like nicotine just like whatever it's it's how you how you apply it to yourself i mean are you going to let it take advantage of you but usually if you're going to let marijuana take your life over you're have poor willpower in the first place so it could have been cheeseburgers like i said it could have been you know women it could have been whatever you you you're, you're not going to make it anyway if your life's ruined by marijuana then you have a lot other issues let me tell you that it's not the weed it's the it's the human right so so i'm i'm, I'm i've been doing a lot of uh you know just looking back on this Ed Reed situation as far as him going to Bethune Cooking and them not giving him you know he really didn't he wasn't there for that long obviously do you think that how much do you, of, of an impact do you think he would have had on that program because you know we see videos of him 
trashing the university as a whole. Do you think he was trashing him or he was just being 100? I think he was being 100. I think that, but he does, he, he's a, a Hall of Fame football player that's a legend. And he wasn't going to play any politics and he was going to, you know, be a straight. That this thing, like I said, if you work for a university, you work for a college or an NFL team, you have to be by the book a little bit. I mean, you have to kind of like thread that line of being a company man, being a suit, or you're going to get in trouble. Like, you know, and, you know, Deion Sanders does a pretty good job of it. You know, he's not being outrageous. And, you know, like for a period of time, Ed Reed was being very, very, very emotional about things that I don't know how he didn't know that before he took the job. Um, I think he would have been super impactful because he's a legend. I mean, just think about what he could have give to, to kids that are younger than him and how passionate he is and how much he cares. But, you know, I think he'll do better work privately. You know, doing like that's why I got it a coach. You can't be, you have to be a PC person. You have to be an actor a little bit to be in those roles. I mean, you can't take and be uh, exactly who you are as a person. Unfortunately, you have to be part of the uh, the machine that is, you know, college football. And uh, I don't think that his mentality, being so emotional and caring so much and being so outspoken, I don't think that works. Clearly, you know, I mean, that's what got him into trouble. I mean, yeah. you can't do that. It's just clearly i mean you, you you'll be done quick so with I mean, this, you think that, with the with the move from Deion sanders leaving jackson state do you think it it how could i say diminishes the recruitment of jackson state or the or hbcus as a whole or do you think that he sheds some light on hbcus to the point where it it attracts everyone to want to go to those type of schools again i think he definitely attracted uh, a movement of people open to go in there i think even, that it wasn't as big of a deal i think huh even if he's not there anymore i mean now you still have uh, eddie george you still have i mean the coach that took over for him was on his staff i mean you have really good coaches there in in hbcus i don't think you should sleep on it the biggest issue that you have there is is are you gonna get the facilities and the professional help that you will in all yeah. areas in everything totality football it's pretty i mean it's not a horrible situation but are you gonna get the the best equipment in the weight room are you gonna have the best nutritionist are you gonna have the best uh uh help with the classroom i mean you just don't have the resources it's just there's a huge 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 difference there's levels to this thing and you know but if you're a dog i mean you can go play anywhere and if you don't need that stuff you don't i mean you have the internet you have different ways to you have different ways you can get outside help and um figure it out i mean it just takes a different person but in my opinion it's just as if i'm an athlete and i understand this business i'm going to a scenario that I will eliminate anything that can be negative because you have to make it. You have to get lucky. You have to have everything go your way. Even if you're a great player, go look at the the rivals top 250 list and see how many people actually make it and have a long career. Right. Not many. So you have to. And that, that goes to show, though, even if you go to the best place, it could be negative. So you just have to look at total picture. You have to look at you as an individual and you as your family. And you have to be like, what's going to put me in the best environment with the least distractions, the least way I can get fucked and you know make that decision and you still might get fucked so um going to a jackson state or whatever it's a huge gamble but maybe it's good for your mental health being around people that you know you relate you relate to better you know all these different things that it could be the best decision for you but um generally you know you want to go to a place where you have every single thing at your resource as far as you know the best training the best coaching the best whatever sometimes at some of those hbcus unfortunately they're underfunded and they have a lot of issues so you're are you putting yourself in the best 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 position for most people no 
um, for a select few, you have to consider it because, you know, and I, I relay, I've talked to a lot of people, maybe they like to be in that culture where it's like their culture that they've grown up in. Um, and they want to put on and they want to make a name for themselves at a university that, you know, um, they can do something unique and different. So I think that that's what Deion Sanders showed. I mean, you can do that. You can, you know, you can do big things at a school like that. And I think there's been plenty of NFL players that have came from HBCUs, but it was a hard, it was a hard transition for them. It was hard for them to get out of there because there was, I'm sure there was a ton of NFL talent that never made it out of HBCUs also. But like you said, you could go to Alabama and get screwed. You know, there's a lot of politics and issues there, too. I mean, it's just it's so individualized. It's so the coaches are changing every year, whether they're fired or they're taking a new job because they're, you know, as a coach, you you have to do what's best for you because, you know, your ass will be fired in a day. So there's so much that goes into it. That's true. That's true. Well, I know you got a lot of things to do today. I know I do as well. But again, I appreciate you for the things you've done, not only for the community, but for myself. Um, you know, just again, give me the motivation and, and, you know, to be able to create this platform and to uh, reach out to others. But again, it's the King Gore with Take Two. Again, we have the, the luxury to bring this this special um, Stuart Little looking a guy that's on our show, George Kush. Um, but hey, Take Two, once again, we appreciate you. Peace. You bet. All right, brother. Good talking to you.